Hello, this is Leela Viss, and welcome to Key Ideas. Piano teaching doesn't come bundled with ready-made solutions. This podcast highlights some brilliant options for innovative piano teachers just like you. Years ago, I remember being surprised by a teacher stating that she would never teach adult students. As a young teacher, I was eager to take on as many students as I could, and adults were a sweet addition to my roster as their flexible schedules could fill up my daytime hours. I began teaching adults to make ends meet. Eventually, though, teaching adults became an essential part of my studio. And the same holds true for my spotlight guest, Christina Whitlock. In today's episode, Christina and I talk shop about adult students. She gives a brief history of how she began teaching her first adult student at age 14. Yes, I said 14. (laughs) And she also talks about what she likes so much about teaching them. In our conversation, we discover that we have similar observations about the struggles adult students encounter on the bench. Christina has some clever labels for different types of adult students, and we chat about common mistakes teachers make when teaching adult pianists. Before we dive in, here is more about Christina. Christina Whitlock operates a lively independent piano studio in Muncie, Indiana. She's an adjunct faculty member at Taylor University, teaching piano pedagogy, piano literature, and directing the Center for Musical Development. Christina is a past state president of the Indiana Music Teachers Association and currently serves as chair of the Independent Music Teachers Forum, amongst other roles. Quite possibly one of the most enthusiastic piano teachers you'll ever meet, Christina is equally passionate about helping other teachers feel equipped and encouraged. Her podcast, Beyond Measure with Christina Whitlock, serves as a weekly shout-out of solidarity for other independent music teachers. Most importantly, Christina is a wife and a mother of two young daughters who keep her world spinning in all the best ways. Hello, Christina. Thank you for being here with me today. Hey, Leela. I'm so excited for this conversation. So I want to get into a hot topic. I don't know. Is it a hot topic? I'm wondering, is teaching adults, is that something that some teachers like to do and then some teachers do not like to do? What do you think? Well, I will tell you that I grew up um, teaching adult students um, in combination with younger students. And I was shocked to believe or to find out eventually that not all teachers like teaching adult students. Okay, <laughs> it was so a, a real mind blowing for you. Oh, grew up teaching adults. So what does that mean? You were teaching when you were what? 10? You look like <laughs> sort of. uh, no. 21 right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no. So I have a very humorous entry into the piano teaching world. But um, the short story is that I grew up in a super small town And I got hired to teach at the local music store when I was 14. And it was just, you know, big fish, small pond situation, you know, where they needed a teacher and I was the next best qualified at the time. And what was so interesting was that, um, of course, I, I mean, I walked into a studio of like 30 students, like right off the bat. And I had mostly young students, but I had a handful of adults, including this wonderful woman named Susie, who worked at a beauty salon like three doors down from the music store. So she would walk over on a work break and she would come in and she had like this awesome, like short spiky hair. And she like dressed out of the 1980s and her neon spandex and I mean, everything. It was, she was such a character. She had this loud, big laugh. And she sat there for years and took lessons from this 14-year-old kid who had no idea what she was doing. (laughs) Wow. Okay, I have one quick question. How long were her fingernails? (laughs) You know she did not have fingernails. Oh, she didn't. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. And she was so terrific. And I she never once made me feel like I was a 14-year-old, you know, and she just sat there and soaked up the knowledge that I was trying to give her um, in a way that the younger students didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I was so impressed 
with how eager she was to learn and to try things. And I was just like, man, Susie is the best student I have. (laughs) What a right way for you to practice teaching too, because you had a very forgiving, understanding student who wanted to what hang on every word. Right. If your word was exactly right or not. (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny? Like, I wonder, like, when I sit through a 14-year-old trying to teach me a big skill, I don't, I don't know. So you started um, with Susie, and then did you gain more and more adult students then? I did. They kind of floated in and out. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad owned a business in the area too. So maybe they felt like they were throwing him a bone. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But then it was mostly more when I got into college, I had a lot of um, adult students um, here. I live in Indiana and there for a while, I taught the basketball coach's wife um, at our local university. And in Indiana, basketball coaches are like, you know, next to the president of the United Correct. States. So yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> I was, that was my brush with celebrity. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, but I just, you know, I've always treasured that relationship that you can build with students of every age, but we all know it's a lot easier to build a relationship with an adult. (laughs) It is. (laughs) But now why would some teachers shy away from teaching adults? Why why do you think that's true? Well, I think the stereotype of the adult student, at least in the piano teacher community, is that they are not very dedicated, right? That they tend to be short-term students that don't hang around very long, um, that they don't practice, Um, that they don't always want to hear, you know, your critiques that, you know, we have some quote unquote, know-it-all students (laughs) that are very challenging sometimes to try to offer correction to, um, and, and things like that. But what's funny about that, of course, is that, you know, we're adults ourselves Mm -hmm. and we all bring with us, you know, a heap of other aspects of life and I think that's the number one mistake sometimes teachers make with adult students is they expect piano to hold some ginormous place in their, you know, life priority list when really, you know, we just want it to be a fulfilling aspect, but, you know, they work, they have kids, they have families, they take care of parents, they, you know, <laughs> the list goes on and on. And we want to, you know, facilitate piano and music study into being something that is going to, you know, foster growth and all of those things. So I just, I I love, I just love that process. I'm such a fan of being a lifelong learner, as I know you are with your newfound love for juggling. (laughs) Well, oh, thank you for paying attention to that. And uh, yes, to, to your point, I really appreciate my piano students in uh, my adult piano students because they come with a lot of humility. It's not yes. easy. And, you know, you you have to check your ego at the door because you're <laughs> not going to sound good. You don't sound the way you want to. And you're challenged over and over. And I just noticed one of my piano students, she's so good at taking constructive criticism. And I don't criticize. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I, I go sure. that route in lessons. But that is a trait that I know I could work on. You know, mm-hmm. so even oh, as an adult, <laughs> sure. I probably should go take lessons in something else and practice that skill. And that's, yeah, the juggling is kind of that way for me. It is not easy, mm-hmm. but I'm getting better because I practice. And so it is a good way for me to communicate to adults too. When they're not practicing, you probably won't get better if you don't practice. Right. <laughs> um, you so- know, what's great though about adult yes. students is that, you know, I mean, they are there for a reason. Yes. You know, and our young students float in and out for a myriad of reasons and a myriad of expectations that are placed on them. Um, and I love my young students, so I don't want that to sound like I don't <laughs> as mm-hmm. I talk about my love for adult students. Um, but, you know, adults have a reason that they are there. They want to play X, Y, or Z, or, you know, they it's a fulfillment of a lifelong dream, you know, whatever it is, they're footing the bill and they want to be there every day, you know, every lesson. And so that to me is really motivating as a teacher (laughs) to know. Let's move on to that question then is what do you offer them in their lessons? I feel the same way. This is their time. It's their money. Mm -hmm. Let's do what you want to do. All right. Do you go about uh, your lessons in a similar way? I I absolutely do. Um, And that's something I think you and I both, um, you know, try to take, uh, we're not, 
I guess, shy about non-traditional approaches to the mm-hmm. instrument. You know, I, you know, we like to teach chords and improv and all of that alongside traditional music reading and study and all of those things. Um, but that's part of the get to know you process. I think, you know, that we go through with every student, but with an adult student, that's a conversation we have and we have it frequently because that changes over time. And I have adults that, that find me that have a very wide background of experiences. You know, some of them played really well all the way through high school or college and then kind of lost touch with it, you know, in their, um, you know, adult lives. And then they come back closer to retirement. And, you know, that's a whole different set of needs than someone who just grew up wanting to play the piano and didn't have the resources to do it. And so I do, I want to be very cognizant of, you know, I am here to facilitate them. And I think sometimes, um, you know, in our quest as piano teachers to assert ourselves, <laughs> sometimes we flip that narrative a little bit in a way we shouldn't, that, you know, they are here to learn from us. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and there is an aspect of that, you know, of course, our students should respect us and, um, you know, trust us to guide them in the right way. Um, but we also have to be open to what that way is. And if we're not the right fit for that student or they want to learn something that is not in our niche, then we have to be willing and humble enough in our own right to say, you know what, that's not really my gig. And here's someone who can help you. <laughs> well, and on that note, I remember an adult student came to me who was with another teacher for a while and then quit mm-hmm. and then decided to start again. And one of the reasons why she did not continue with that teacher was she was still getting stickers from the teacher. Oh, no. And I think <laughs> perhaps that is what you were saying is that teacher takes the certain approach that all students are equal mm-hmm. and we're not taking the human being in mind um, as we teach. So now, moving forward, do you use methods with your adult students? <laughs> Sounds like you have uh, all kinds of levels. So, yes, it's probably someone, what, everything is different for every person. Everything is different for every person. And, you know, I was just listening recently to the episode you did with Shar about huh. repertoire. And I was like, you know, saying amen to so many things because <laughs> I, I too, like, I use methods to some extent, but this, and this is true of my younger students also, like, mm-hmm. I feel like my methods are more of a supplement mm-hmm. and the primary amount of our work is done in repertoire. So I would say that sometimes, like if I have an adult that's a true beginner, you know, we might work through the How Leonard series, for instance, to get started, but we, that's not our bread and butter, you know, and I just, we have such a wealth of supplemental music available to us as pianists from many centuries. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I just feel like, why not take advantage of that? And that's a personal choice that I make with my students that makes things harder. Sometimes I, sometimes I wish I was more systematic about it. (laughs) But I think we're all just very happy that Christina does not always have a system in place because I think we're, we're, (laughs) that's how you function with Mm -hmm. adults. Because I, a lot of mine have thrown me vast surprises that I had no idea and like, okay, yep, I guess we're going that route because I want them to take ownership. And I think, yeah, they Mm -hmm. have to be in the driver's seat. They do. Well, and here's, I guess, you know, the number one thing that you have to do, in my opinion, with an adult student is establish that playing the piano is a guilt-free zone, mm-hmm. right? Nice. And yeah. this is something that requires lots and lots of repetition <laughs> in what you're telling them. But adult students are not going to stay with you, very likely, if they feel like it's one more thing they have to do or one more mm-hmm. thing that they're not doing in their lives that they need to be doing more. So I'm very cognizant you know, like when you ask your student, like, well, how'd practice go this week? You know, they're almost always going to say something related to, well, I didn't practice as much as I should have, you know, and none of us, it's not possible to practice as much as we quote unquote should have, because what is that? Uh, We can always practice more, but life happens. Um, And so I, I make sure that I reassure them of that at every turn. 
And adult students are particularly prone like to send you that text the morning of a lesson and say, you know, I haven't really practiced this week, so I'm just not going to come today. And I always tell them, no, 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 <laughs> come to your lesson because this is 30 minutes guaranteed or whatever yeah. at the piano. And, you know, you, if nothing else, let's be at the piano today. And for me, because my adult students are not short-lived at my studio. Um, I have quite a few students who have been here going on 13 years now um, that are adults. And and I've only been in Muncie for 17. So I feel like that's pretty good. Um, And they, I will tell you, I feel very strongly that one of the big aspects that I've had that has been successful with them is the fact that I have kept encouraging them to come to their lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't usually, I'd really try, of course, things come up and I don't guilt trip them about not coming to their lesson either, but you know, there are just so many things and they just like everyone else or, you know, they don't want to let their teacher down. They don't want to waste my time, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know that time at the piano is what we need. Right. <laughs> so, and I don't think it's ever a waste of a time for a student absolutely. at any level to come to a lesson because I will never, mm-hmm. I always say this, we are always going to move forward. We're going to add something new. We are not going to just mm-hmm. sit on what we did last week. We always will add something new. And uh, to that point too, I have this saying, we never should on yourself. And <laughs> yes, you know, especially adults who take on piano lessons, you cannot should on them. They are mm-hmm. there. They're trying their best, you know. So I think that's a, a key ingredient to keeping students for the long haul. And I know, and I've, um, I noticed that you know you can have students, adult students, terminally, because they don't graduate, right? They exactly they're just here. <laughs> and you know, I've lost a few right now during COVID because they're older mm-hmm. and they're staying home and they didn't want to do the online, but. You know, I have one gentleman who marks our anniversary every February, and it's been 15, 16 years, you know. So I know they're, they're very treasured friends mm-hmm. in so many ways. It's, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I could go on and on. I was thinking about all my adult students when we were going to have this conversation and how they come mm-hmm. in and out of your life. And, you know, one um, who I adored, she brought energy with to her, every lesson. And um, then I learned that she passed away and I I didn't know that, but she just, it was just such a sad thing because, you know, you want the best for these people. And she was such a fun, vibrant person. And then she got cancer and I don't know, they become a part of your life, right? And of course, I think that's, sometimes I can get stuck in, okay, they still don't know this passage. I can't believe this. I'm like, wait a minute, stop it. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the bigger picture again and appreciate the fact that they're there sitting on your bench. Oh, absolutely. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for listening. If you leave a five-star rating or write a kind review, it really helps piano teachers just like you find key ideas. And your written reviews matter. I read every one. Interesting. I always, you know, when you look at method books that are written for adults, there, and I've heard publishers say this out of their own mouths that, you know, they they pace things quickly because they're adults, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not actually what needs to be the case in most cases. <laughs> there are adults mm-hmm. who move quickly. It just really all depends on their, you know, their experience levels. But really, the name of the game I have found with most adult students is introduce a concept and then find 15 pieces that are going to reinforce that same concept. You know, quantity matters. They notice that you can't leave them on the same piece for six weeks. <laughs> you know, that's not going to foster a great sense of self. But if you are sneaky and keep building on that same idea, then we're in business, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so give us an example of that. Like what? Oh, what goodness. Concept? Ooh, yeah. good question, yeah. Leela. So I don't know. Let's just talk about um, like feeling a strong pulse when you start incorporating eighth notes, right? So, yeah. you know, we'll in, in the age of digital libraries, that's why this has become so much easier. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. have to hand off 18 books to them, but you know, so if we 
come across a page that that's introduced in their method book. And usually the method book will give you what, like one or two pieces on a concept and then move you on to something else. But instead I can start pulling pieces, um, you know, that are supplemental out and we'll just, you know, my students are used to that anyway. So it's not, it doesn't feel rudimentary in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I love teaching with a repertoire based approach because you can just constantly tailor what the student needs. I don't know. Is that specific enough? <laughs> yes, I think so. Because what's interesting is I have some of this mentality that they have to get every piece perfect, mm-hmm. you know? And and so that's an interesting, I, I feel like a lot of times it's more of a couch rather than a bench. I'm doing a lot <laughs> of, of psychology of going with all of this because I'm coaching them on, you know, it's okay. Not everything has to be perfect because they hear those CDs of, of amazing people. Well, CDs, okay. Spotify, mm-hmm. they hear whatever. They hear these performers play. It's YouTube. It's the right. six-year-olds on YouTube exactly. playing their pieces. Oh, That's man, what they're I'm, upset about. <laughs> I make sure they never watch any. And then, and then they'll still show them to me. They'll say, oh, look at this of little person. I'm like, yeah, I know. I and just, don't worry about it. And let's just move on. Um, exactly. But, yeah. I think they can get their wheels stuck every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So I like that mm-hmm. idea of offering fresh repertoire, just um, mm-hmm. reinforce a couple of things. And now let's, because you talked about rhythm, I'm glad you opened that <laughs> can of worms because I have, mm-hmm. um, I have had a number of students, adult students who they missed that little window of time where they really experienced rhythm in their bodies. Yes. And it is so hard for them to understand and feel it now as adults. Do you, have you encountered Mm -hmm. that as well? 100%. Um, I find, I think rhythm struggles are the, probably the biggest struggle of the adult student. If we were going to generalize, of course, everyone's different, Um, but you're so right. And you're very into Delcro's in that situation, right? (laughs) So that um, is something I wish I had more training in, but there is a window, right? I mean, I do think that, you know, the younger you're exposed to these things, the better. And some of them just, you know, we just don't have it. So in terms of like, when you look at progress, with our younger mm-hmm. students. Like mm-hmm. we have these sequences, right? We expect them to, you know, gain more velocity in their finger work, you know, at certain rates. And it is very different with your adult students. Mm-hmm. And I have some aging students, you know, that are, you know, in their 80s who, you know, I mean, we've tapped that out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't expect that to right. get better. Oh. Um, I do think we can maintain, yeah. but for me, that's that's the repertoire game because now I think I just, you know, I mean, we're not looking at necessarily playing the next harder thing. We're looking at playing pieces that they enjoy mm-hmm. and, you know, exploring musicality that is still definitely a goal, you know? That has me thinking, perhaps that's why teachers don't like teaching adults yeah. or some don't like teaching it because they don't mm-hmm. get a sense of progress. And, you know, yeah. with K through 12 students, you see that progress. You can pat yourself on the back. I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. And adults, you're just not going to see a, perhaps, you know, that visual mm-hmm. or hear a sound that guarantees that, yes, I'm doing something good. But yes, you <laughs> are doing something good. You're giving them the gift of music. So that, right. you have to kind of turn well, it and. It is. It's just changing what you see as progress and what you see as success. And I get really hung up on the fact that, I mean, with students of every age, you know, we see this, you know, there's something inherent in the study of a musical instrument that's like, seek out the next harder thing and the next harder thing and the next harder thing, Mm -hmm. which is a great growth mindset. Like, absolutely. But at the same time, if we're constantly doing that, I know in my own playing, that there are these moments where, you know, I have just completely missed the enjoyment level of doing <laughs> what I'm able to do, you know, because I'm so worried about what I'm not able to do. And that is so, you know, I, that's just incredibly prevalent in adult students of, of any level. And so it's fine to just kind of pump the brakes for a second and say like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to play some pieces at this level. Um, but here's a style you might not have tried yet. And let's see what you think about it. And if you hate it, then fine. We don't have to do that again. <laughs> let's move it's on. It's much more of a lateral approach. Yeah. To learn. Yeah. Except you will build. I think a lot of it is confidence, building their confidence first. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And being, a, being unafraid to make mistakes. I mean, that's where, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's a real hang up for adults, as you oh, mentioned, you think? for us, for all of us, you know, <laughs> oh, and you're right to, to be vulnerable oh, to, yes. to do that. You know, you might make a mistake and someone might hear you and, oh no. But I have talked <laughs> many adult students down after they played at a recital mm-hmm. that they wanted to. Like I learned a long yes. time ago, do not make them play in anything they don't want to. And then they Absolutely. want to play and they don't play the way they wanted. And mm-hmm. it is so hard on them. And I totally get it. Um, but I, you know, yeah. you have to live and learn, especially with performing. So I never Absolutely. I never force my adults to perform. What about you? I don't either. Okay. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, but I do have a few that liked you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always tell them they're the highlight of the recital because the young students love to mm-hmm. see the adult students play. It's so much fun. And I, I said before, like, I mean, I just believe so strongly that we should all be learning, you know, new skills throughout our life. And I want to help foster that. And I believe what science tell us, tells us about the neurological benefits of playing an instrument. And so regardless of how they're playing the instrument, if you have an adult sitting here playing the piano, you know, that you are doing good things for them, you know, and if they can keep doing it, it is beneficial for them on, on many levels. I think the other thing that's fun about adult students, especially if they've taken lessons before, I just remember this one student, my one vibrant student who brought all (laughs) these energy, when I revealed to her what the F sharp meant in the key signature, (laughs) she was so excited. You know, it was like (laughs) the world, the skies opened and, (laughs) you know, and I think what a gift we can give people to, to let them know that all that stuff they did when they were little and they didn't understand. Yeah. Now we were finally what uncovering it, unraveling it for them. And they can oh so much satisfaction for them as well. It is. I have this very memorable experience of um, a woman coming. And this is a woman whose daughter was a flute performance major in college. And I mean, very musical family. And she grew up with some minimal piano experience. Um, but we sat down and we were talking about reading notation in lesson one, because again, she has background here and she starts down the every good boy does fine, you know, path. And of course, so I said, now, okay, <laughs> I believe you and I are probably on the same page here, but you know, so we started talking about landmark notes and how the staff really works. And her face, when she realized that the staff actually just went E, F, G, A, B, C, D, she had no (laughs) idea, you know, all this lifetime Uh, of uh. exposure to music. She said, I had no idea. It was just the alphabet. Mm. I only knew E, G, B, D, F, and F, A, C, E. (laughs) And like her mind was just blown. It was so comical. And I thought, yep, this is where we're missing the mark, everyone. So we're kind of talking about different types of piano students, some that have previous mm-hmm. previous experience, some that have no experience. What others or what kind of personalities? <laughs> it seems like you've made a list of personalities. For I, I have. Okay. This is a presentation that I did at oh. MTNA in Baltimore and two I years back. Because I think my session was during your session. I think that's It was. Oh. It was. Yes. That was. That was the year that, you know, there's always one block at a conference where everything happens at the yes. same time. And that was, that was the block. And I cried. I, you probably don't know this, but like when I first got that, um, that as session assignment and I looked in the program book and saw I was up against you. I told I had had a newborn and I told my husband, I was like, no one will come to my session because they're only going to go to Leela's. <laughs> okay. And you know what? I was crying because it was also up against, well, because I think and- Yes. Yes. There was a whole masterclass <laughs> yes. going on. Oh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I was right there with you. I know. You know the kind of I, <laughs> but it all worked. It all worked yeah, out. It did. People, yeah. people all came to all of our sessions. Okay. So share but anyway. your wisdom right now. Give us some nuggets from Okay. Well, I'm working on a book that's going to Ooh. kind of explore all of these. So, but it's not okay. definitely not going to be ready by the time this airs. So okay. stay tuned on that. Okay. So, but I'll give you, I'll just give you a teaser. Yeah. So basically I do, I kind of group students into, I'm probably going to settle on 10. I think the presentation went over seven different personality types that you encounter. Um, but I cover aging learners who we've kind of already talked about that again, kind of, uh, you know, more of a lateral approach for sure. Um, I have what I call the once upon a timers who are mm-hmm. the people who 
for whether they just recall being quite phenomenal when they were young or really were <laughs> quite phenomenal when they were young. <laughs> you know, but you know how it is like when you come back to piano and then they bring with them a heap of other expectations. There are yes. expectations again mm-hmm. that, oh, I used to be able to play like Horowitz. And <laughs> well, mm-hmm. maybe you did and maybe you didn't, <laughs> but here's where we are right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I do, I've always struggle. I, I have to figure out a way to call them more politely the know-it-alls <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are, there is a, a distinct set of the population who doesn't take correction very well. And who the second you try to offer up a suggestion, will dismiss it with an excuse or a something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, perhaps those are the students that have really worn out the piano teachers because it can be a bit of a challenge Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make progress to someone who doesn't feel open to the suggestions. But I'll tell you who my favorite to talk about are, and they're the students that I call the buddies. And (laughs) because uh, the buddies are those students who you become really good friends with Mm -hmm. and you and I are both pretty friendly people and, you know, relationships are very important to me. So I do bond with my students pretty quickly. Um, But the danger zone, there's a definite danger there because even though they'll tell you that like, no, I just want to come hang out today. (laughs) If they start not seeing the value in their lessons, they are going to exit your studio. Um, I have I have two former adult students who are just such treasures to me. And coincidentally, they're friends. They work in the same office. So it's kind of funny. Um, but they both, like one would always tell me that I was so much cheaper than her therapist. So she would much rather come to <laughs> piano and dump all of her life problems on me. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know. Hmm. <laughs> and and then... probably true. And it is, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Probably do even better for them in the long run than a therapist. Maybe. That seemed to be her consensus. Yeah. <laughs> Music does a lot to heal the soul. That's for sure. It does. We Yes, we do know that. Um, I And then her friend who I was also teaching, uh, there was a day, I, I remember I was pregnant with my first daughter and she called. It was this beautiful day. And she said, I don't want to listen today. I just want you to take a walk with me. And <laughs> I said, I can't do that. And I'm not going to let you pay me to take a walk with you. We're not doing it. And she begged and begged. And I said, no. And I ended up teaching her however much of a lesson, you know, and it was so funny because I kept telling them, I'd say, you know, I really feel like we need to play now. (laughs) And they would say, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. But you know what? They're both, they keep saying they're going to come back, but they never do. And I think we just crossed the point of no return. So, and they were doing really well and they both love music so much that I always in my heart feel like I let it get out of control. (laughs) So I'm thankful for their friendship because we're still friends now, but my piano teacher heart. Yeah. You have to have boundaries with your buddy. You do have to have boundaries with the buddies. And even if like, you know, they also tend to stay for a long time and chat for a long Mm -hmm. time. And, Mm -hmm. and if you decide that that's what, that's part of your day that feeds you and you want that, that's fine. You have to schedule it, you know, (laughs) as such. And you have to tell them that we're going to play for 30 minutes before the story time begins. All right. So we went to Buddy. What's mm-hmm. next on your list? <laughs> well, uh, you know, bucket listers. So the people uh-huh. that just want yeah. to, okay. you know, yeah. cross something uh-huh. off the list, right. uh, you know, or anyway, yes, the, it can kind of go on and on. I've ended up, I live in a university town. And so I often will get students who transfer in, you know, that they're starting their undergrad Um, not in music, but they want a teacher because, you know, they've had this great experience growing up. And I think that is the hardest role to fill because if you have someone who already had, you know, they treasure their piano teacher so much and they're so close with their childhood piano teacher, like, and I'm, that's, that's me. Like I'm, that's what I want to be in my students' lives. It's very hard to kind of try to usurp that position. So that's an interesting adult student. (laughs) So what do you call them? Not the bucket. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that I've given them a name yet. They might be, I might have to talk. I might have to work on that one. Um, 
But anyway, there's, we'll call that the teaser for the list so far, but there's just, well, and I'll tell you, so since I am in a university town, I have the academics because I do end up with a lot of professors that are Mm -hmm. over here Mm -hmm. that just, you know, they just need a different type of approach of study. And they're the ones where systems work, you know, and quantification of as many goals as you can is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there is an aspect of quantity in terms of pieces learned that works really well for adult students. You know, I think, you know, they need to see that, okay, I've passed this piece and I've passed this piece and, you know. I've had that where, too. Yes. Mm-hmm, where they re- mm-hmm. And I've never taught that way. I, I have never felt that way, but they like that long list. And then as yes. get one finished, one of my students calls it, the piece was kissed. Oh, that's cute. Yes. But yeah, she likes that long list and she goes back Mm -hmm. and plays through that list as well. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, likes the idea of having that many pieces in her back pocket. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and I always, this is a speech that I have with a lot of students is that, you know, okay, so from my piano teacher ears, I've heard everything that I need to hear. I am confident that we've learned whatever we wanted to learn from this piece, you know, but it still needs to be smoothed out and X, Y, and Z, you know? And so I give them the option and I say, okay, do you want to clean this (laughs) and keep it another week and really polish it up? Or are we moving on to something else? And that flexibility has been really, really successful. Um, And because sometimes, and I'll tell you, here's another one, you know, the, the, especially older adults who just want to play Fearlease or Moonlight Sonata or The Entertainer, or, you know, the list goes on and on, um, but aren't necessarily ready to do it, but, eh, you know, kind of on the cusp, you know, that's another one of those areas where we can study it to a point and then they can kind of see on their own that okay, this is gonna, this is a bit of a more undertaking than I thought it was going to be, you know. And then you can say, well, we can either keep going or we can go on. <laughs> well, number one, I call that voice and choice. And yes, voice and choice is so great. important. And then the other mm-hmm. thing that I was thinking on is about is that maybe those students are called ones that we sit on our pedagogy, meaning like we put it away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because I have one student in particular that plays things that are far too hard for him, mm-hmm. but he would much rather be challenged like that with his mind than play simple things that he could flow immediately with as yeah. well. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard. It's very hard <laughs> to be okay with it. And yet he's mm-hmm. happy. So I know. That's and that goal. it's a definite shift in approach. It really, mm-hmm. but you know happy students keep paying and (laughs) keep growing. (laughs) I'm a big advocate that, you know, if they're still here, then I can still, you know, I can still get to them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. I believe you may have a list of things that teachers do that may, they're common (laughs) mistakes of teachers. Common mistakes. Um, You know, we've probably covered a lot of them in one aspect or another. In general, it's just approaching them like their younger students, right? I mean, we just, we can't teach all students the same way. I don't teach my adolescent students the same way as one another either, but there's just an incredibly unique approach to each student to really figuring out what is going to light that fire, you know? And again, I personally enjoy seeking that out. That's something that really, you know, gets me going as a teacher, but if human puzzles are not that intriguing to you, you may not feel that same way. Um, The other thing is that, you know, if you aren't willing to acknowledge that piano is just an aspect of their lives, Mm. you know, one small pursuit, you know, our adult students, you should not expect them to practice every single day. For instance, Um, adults are also, they're smart and experienced to know that they will get better if they practice every single day. Um, But my adults, I say it, a hundred times a week, it feels like, you know, there might be a week where you don't touch the piano and that's okay. Show up anyway, you know, and we'll touch it today. (laughs) We'll get your Mm -hmm. fingers to work today, you know? And, and I do think truly, I know this is controversial, I guess, but you know, if an adult keeps coming, they do make progress and they know it's going to be slow if they're not getting a lot of practice time in, but they are moving forward. I'm like you, like we will, we will do one more thing. We will add Mm -hmm. something that week. Um, And 
so far so good. <laughs> I have some adults who, you know, I've seen them through like their last few years of working and then into retirement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those last few years of working are pretty rough, you know, and there, I have one I can think of in particular who he was just really downtrodden for several you know, months or maybe even years, you know, and, and we were kind of creaking along in our progress, but finally retirement came and boy, George, he's just, mm. <laughs> he has just taken off in such a beautiful way. And, you know, and I've been there for it and I'm just so thankful that I've gotten to experience that. Um, and I'm, you know, and if he would have given it up those last few years and said he was going to come back after retirement, who knows? You know, maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have, but um, I'm glad he stuck around. <laughs> well, and I think that's a testament to him for sticking with mm -hmm. it, but also to you, you know, having the patience to walk alongside him when you could be, you know, doing something else with someone else, perhaps. But I yeah. know that people are wondering, so let's go there next. How <laughs> do you charge your adult students? Ah, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the question. And, mm -hmm. you know, we all get to do what works for us, you know, and I, <laughs> yes, this do. is, this is absolutely a huge tenant of my approach to <laughs> independent studio work um, is what works for me may not work for you, but here it is. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I know, I mean, because of the flexibility required of adult students, I know a lot of people do like a, like a punch card or a, you know, mm -hmm. pay for so many lessons and take them. And that is not what I do, um, but I can see the merit of it. But I, my adult students pay um, for every lesson of the year, just like my other students do. And I think what has worked about that is, you know, it's skin in the game, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, they know they're paying and then they come. Um, and if they don't, then, you know, they, you know, are, are of means that they're able to do that and not feel badly. You know, most of my adult students are come from a situation in which they are used to being able to pay for what they want to do, you know? And so with that, you know, it's just like paying for their gym membership and they're here when they're here and they're not when they're not. Um, and I have some that do vacation very liberally, uh, but they are faithful payers. They never say a word about it. And that's just worked for me. <laughs> so I'll just keep that system until it works. And when it stops working, then we'll do something else. <laughs> but I so far, so good. Yeah, I didn't do that. And now I look back mm -hmm. and I think you're, you're very right. You know, a gym membership. I don't ask mm -hmm. for a refund when I'm out of town for a week. I do the opposite. I, I like the punch card idea. Maybe I should do a punch card. Right. I, basically, we just plan from month to month. And most mm -hmm. of them are every other week. I, mm -hmm. I don't have very many weekly students right now. They were coming for a while every week. And I wanted to cut back just a little bit too. So we just plan out, okay, when are you going to be here for this next month? And then I charge accordingly. And, you know, it works for me. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it's important to be flexible with adults. If you if you can't be flexible and it doesn't work in their schedule, they're not going to take lessons. So I think right. that's the important thing. I do think that some would come every week if I let them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. So it really is a choice of mine right now yeah. on how I'm working this out. But yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate your approach. I think that's good. I think that does make them accountable. So they are charged mm -hmm. even when they're not there. Right. Okay. And I do, I'm such an advocate for maintaining the energy, the energy level that you have at this point in your life, right? We're all moving through seasons. And, you know, I, when my second daughter was born, I stopped taking preschoolers for several years because I just thought if I'm going to maintain this energy level of my happy disposition, yeah. <laughs> I can't at that point, there was too much, you know, small child crazy right. going on in my own house. Yeah. I just didn't want to deal with it in lessons. And I love teaching preschoolers, but it just wasn't for that time. Mm -hmm. I'm finally kind of started coming back into that, you know, now that my youngest is four, but at the same time, it's not a huge demographic that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Well, I think we covered, let's see, let me check my list. I like <laughs> we covered most everything, but I do have some ending questions. We'll start with the very first one. Okay. What's your favorite movie soundtrack? Okay. So movie soundtracks, I will confess, I don't listen to a ton, but I have, <laughs> this is, this feels so random. Uh, when I was in 
probably middle school or early high school, my brother's now wife used to take me out shopping with a friend of hers. And we were at a music store and she told me I had to get the soundtrack from the movie City of Angels, that old like Meg Ryan, <laughs> Nicolas Cage movie. Oh. It's very, it's very random. Um, yeah. And it is, it's this very interestingly diverse soundtrack that I used to put on and go to sleep to when I was that age. And now the second I turn that on, I get sleepy and can, <laughs> can sleep really well. Um, so I use it on, on flights and things a lot. Like those, those are the tunes that I go to if I want to rest on an airplane or something. <laughs> so. so your friend, Amy Chaplin had kind of a similar <gasps> answer and had uh, Titanic as her answer. And she oh, that's listens to right. that on airplanes. So <laughs> man, okay. I got to have an airplane playlist, I guess. You might need one. I, I also one. have to throw in Moulin Rouge in there because oh. I used to, I'm so into Moulin Rouge. I've not watched it in years, mm. but that used to be like my go-to film because I think Ewan McGregor is just so perfect in that. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, I so I guess movie. in terms of soundtracks, I've probably listened to that maybe more than City of Angels. <laughs> All right. And then what's one book you couldn't teach without? I'll go with okay. Atomic Habits because I am a oh, yeah. gigantic James Clear fan. Um, Atomic Habits for me um, was so, it was a fascinating read because there are passages in there word for word where there are things that I've said for years, <laughs> you know, oh, and the okay. idea of, of habit stacking and all those things, like I have always told my students to plan their practice against something that they do every day, mm -hmm. like before dinner, after dinner, after homework, whatever, you know? And so as I'm reading those words, I was like, wow, I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's, it's just worth reading for every human being. So, but as a teacher, I thought it had some really affirming passages. So oh, I'll exactly. go with Atomic Habits. Okay. I'll go with that one too. I'll second that one. I, I Excellent. That okay. And the very last question, what would you consider a fail in your career that became a win? I thought hard about this one. And I, so here's what I came up with. Um, this is another MTNA, you know, speaking, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> original disappointment. But <laughs> my very first session that I got accepted at MTNA um, got accepted as uh, part of the accelerated learning track, which is a 20 minute session. And it was the first proposal I ever sent out. It was a topic I was really excited about. And I have thoughts upon thoughts upon thoughts about it. Um, but it was a session called the Varsity Musicians Playbook. And it's ideas taken from sports psychology placed into our music studios and building community in our studios and that whole thing. And I was like, just, I don't know. I felt like that was such a disappointment to only get 20 minutes to talk about a topic that I loved so much. And I had so much content for and I, I just put so much sweat into whittling it down and whittling it down and whittling it down. And I, you know, up until like a week before, and I was like, this is, I can never convey the importance of this topic in 20 minutes, but actually I did. And it taught me so much. Those are my favorite sessions to go to at conferences now, because as the speaker to be forced to really think concisely um, and as teachers, you know, we've got to whittle it down sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a talker, as you can tell. And, you what? know, there are times, I know, <laughs> you're so surprised. And there are times it's like, no, just spit it out, Christina. <laughs> what is the deal? What is the point? What's the main objective? And that's how I've been able to frame my mm -hmm. podcast um, that I guess we'll talk about at some point. But, um, you know, I, that's, I, I aim for 20 minutes or less because I think it makes me better to not have all the airtime, <laughs> you know, I find myself constantly having to shave down and shave down and it's, it's good for me to do. It's a great mental exercise and it's been successful, I think for me. So that's interesting because number one, yes, I try and my flash bulb episodes are 20 uh -huh, minutes or right. less, which I love that challenge. And then another thing last year, I had 20 minutes to uh -huh. a survey five different apps, or I don't know how many different apps. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I practiced that session over and over yeah. and over. But man, it's so good for you. And it is. What I, the book that I read to help me was Talk Like Ted, because Ted, you get 20 minutes. Exactly. Right? And we all adore TED Talks, and it's because mm -hmm. every word counts. It does. Mm -hmm. I know. It taught me to whittle out like little things like not to even waste time saying, well, we only have 20 minutes. Right. So oops, no, no, there's, nope. there's 10 seconds yeah. gone. Oh, don't <laughs> say it. 
<laughs> exactly. So, uh, and, well, and I, for yeah. the record, it's not an insult from MTNA. It's an honor to be chosen to speak <laughs> at all. And it's just the chips fall where they are. And so, right. <laughs> and yeah, you have your 20 minutes and go for it. And every yeah. word is going to be a nugget. So, and every mm-hmm. word was a nugget here today. Thank you so much, Christina, for being here and joining me in this conversation about adult students. And for the record, we all adore we both adore our adult students and appreciate yes. them. You know, really, I cannot say that enough because they teach me and I'm sure they teach you so much about life in general. I've learned a lot from all of my adult students. So, and we've learned a lot from you today, Christina, and we can find you at your podcast, which started, I don't know, right around the same time that key. Idea. It was shortly, I was on your heels. I released, I think in October. Okay. So I don't remember when you hit the airwaves, but. <laughs> and you, you have such a great name beyond measure. Which is measure. so good, <laughs> just so fitting. So uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's basically, you know, I know that I get my best energy from spending time with my teacher friends. So I adore the piano teacher community. I feel so blessed to have been, whether it was a mistake or not, to be placed amongst you at age 14. <laughs> and I've learned so much that it's my way to give back. So I just wanted to provide you with, you know, a quick 20 minute or less check in with a piano teacher friend whenever you can, since I also know how hard it is to schedule time with your piano teacher friends. (laughs) So um, that's it in a nugget. So (laughs) very nice. And you know, it is nice to connect because we cannot connect in person. The next conference will not be in person again. And (laughs) I don't think we'll ever, ever take a conference for granted ever again. We'll make sure that we put a link to your podcast in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining me today, Christina. It's been great. And I hope. Oh, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. This conversation sparked all kinds of memories of my past adult students. In my 30 plus years of teaching, I've taught a pastor, an eye surgeon, a psychotherapist, a contractor who remodeled my studio, a French teacher who baked marvelous baked Alaska, a Chinese teacher, a lawyer, and even a World War II vet. Adult students continue to bring energy and perspective to my teaching, and I continue to learn from them. Do you teach adult students too? Will you teach adults now? <laughs> Head to the show notes at leelavis.com slash key ideas to learn more about Christina's podcast, Beyond Measure. You'll also find some posts I wrote about teaching adults and some highlight reels of some of their treasured performances. I leave you with this quote. Learning is most often considered a process of getting rather than giving. This is most evident in conceptions of teacher and student roles. Teachers give and students get. Yet, in adult learning, both giving and getting are critical. This is Leela Viss, and see you in the trenches. <laughs>